When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Clay Thompson, one half of the dubious Splash Brothers. I want to confirm something. You put a fortune in a cookie. What did you write on the fortune? I put 73 and 9. If it's right there for us, why not? With your hosts, Sekou Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Man, we don't do second place. We done <laughs> second know? place two years in a row. You did 28th place this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like to stir things up from time to time. <laughs> Couldn't let Jerry Stackhouse make it through the building without stopping and hollering at us. What's been the hardest adjustment for you to make to becoming a coach? Not wanting to go out there and get 15. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the tip-off. Time for the tip-off of the Hangtime blog. Seku Smith from NBA.com. My man Lang Whitaker Yo. from the Owl Ball blog. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is paid. Can he spare a dime? Uh, apparently, he's going to be buying smoothies, buying rounds of smoothies <laughs> all over uh, Milwaukee and everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They asked him in the press conference, um, you know, was, did he have some big expenditure plan for the fam, for his, you know, his brothers, and and he was like, "Hey, maybe we'll go get smoothies." That's how they roll in in Greece, baby. Smoothies, um, but some smart money spent, Lang, if you ask me, um, in a summer where a lot of guys got paid. That's money very well spent on a player who I think has a has a chance to be um, uh, or potentially be an all star. You know, at some point in his career, in the next few seasons. Um, and he took a little less, I believe, than he could have gotten on the open market if he waited to get to that point, right? Um, because he wanted to take the sure thing but also i think you know he he's he's committing to what they're building there yeah well i mean and with that money comes huge expectations um and our guest this week on the hang time podcast joe myers play-by-play voice for the new orleans pelicans knows a lot about that because anthony davis was one of the guys who got big money last summer and with it came huge expectations um you know injuries obviously played a role in his season but you know, a tough way to go for him after getting that big contract. Joe, how are you, my friend? Real good, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing great. We're uh, trying to figure out if we can squeeze anything better than a smoothie out of one of these uh, newly minted multi-hundred millionaires. Uh, did Anthony Crazy. Davis spring for anything better than smoothies down there? Well, you don't want your kids to grow up to be football players, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you want basketball players and maybe baseball players. Maybe left-handed pitchers. <laughs> yeah, they, get, they got guaranteed. 
guaranteed contracts. So signing bonuses are pretty good in football, but after that, it's like you're on scholarship from year to year in the NFL. <laughs> so it's, it's a different scenario, isn't it? No question. Um, what What are the – I mean, last summer there was so much buzz about the Pelicans and, and what they might be capable of. Um, what's the What's the buzz now uh, about that team, you know, in terms of – where they are and, and how much ground they have to make up. Well, the additions kind of fit what they want to do. And they didn't have a lot of money, guys, as you know. They were, there were 23 other teams over the summer that had more money than the Pels right. uh, going yes. into free agency. But I, for right now, it looks like they did a really good job. And that's Del Demps and, and David Booth and Danny Ferry, the front office with the Pelicans. And I bring that up because the situation with Drew Holiday, they could not have handled that last year. Right. And, and they started 1-11 and and then 3-14. and So when you bring up Anthony Davis, and we'll get there later, there's a reason he didn't play as many games at the end. Mm. Once your season is kind of torpedoed early in the first two-thirds of the season. Uh, but the additions they made fit what Alvin wants to do. The previous offseason, they spent their money on Omer Asik and Alexia Jensen. Right. And that wasn't the style Alvin wanted to play. So the left hand at the time didn't know what the right hand was doing, but I think they're on the same page now. I don't think there's any question. They bring in guys that know how to play with Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore. Right. Uh, Solomon Hill in the prime of his basketball life at 25. And then Terrence Jones has a lot to prove as well. And he's on a one-year minimum playing for contracts. So there's a pretty healthy situation in certain regards there. And I think Buddy Heald won't have the, the pressure on him because of Langston and Etwan coming in that he would have had he had to replace Eric Gordon as a starting two guard. He doesn't right. have that situation. So a lot of positives. And then Tim Frazier, I don't want to forget about him because he finished the season really well at about seven and a half assists a game over a decent sample size. So it could be interesting now that Alvin has guys and they've got some depth in the backcourt. Um, first of all, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Langston Galloway because we share a part of a first name. Um, <laughs> I asked him about it once. He said he was named after Langston Hughes, where I was named after a, a Baptist preacher friend of my parents. So, uh, But anyway, uh, one player you didn't mention just then out of all those additions now with the, uh, with the Pelicans, Lance Stevenson. Um, but how does how does that fit? How do, how do you think that works? And and uh, kind of seemed like he was bouncing around, and all of a sudden he found a home in, in the last couple of days. How, how does all that play together? Well, it's yet to be determined. The timetable for Drew Holiday, and right. over the next four weeks, he'll have a much better idea uh, with the Drew situation, and and his priorities are in the right spot with Lauren and family sure. Spurs, which yeah. is really it's great. Yeah, but I've known Drew since he was in eighth grade, his mom and dad and the whole family, so there's no surprise here. But back to Lance, uh, that's a look-see, an insurance policy regarding right. that timetable. And there's not a huge guarantee, as you know. Right. So uh, it's, a, uh, it works, it's a win-win for both. They get to look at Lance. Lance gets an opportunity to play in a camp and in preseason games. Uh, so it's a, it's a good idea, actually in the yeah. long run. If it's a short timetable for Drew, then it may not be very good for Lance. Because then they're they're already stacked at the uh, they got five guards already. And to me he's more of a two than a three. Yeah. And at the three you've got you start Solomon Hill and then you've got Quincy Pondexter behind him. And how many more minutes are left there? And even when you go small, 
you can use one of those two guys at the three. So, uh, and when they go small, they could put AD at the four, put Solomon Hill or AD at the five, Solomon Hill at the four, and even play with a, a lineup of Terrence Jones at the five, AD at the four, Solomon Hill at the three. So there's variations they can work with. So Lance is going to have to have a great camp, to put it bluntly. That's a good point. Joe, when you look at all these new faces and uh, in, in how they fit into the mix, who's the guy that has to have – the biggest impact of those of those newcomers in order for this team to to move up from where they were last season? Well, I think Solomon Hill. And when I saw him, I saw him in the gym just briefly when they were out in L.A. a few weeks ago. I walked over and, and, and picked up what they were doing. There. And everybody was there. A.D. and Drew put it together. Uh, but everybody was in the gym. And Solomon Hill's a big guy. He, he's, he's an imposing physical presence when you're standing next to him. And now he's going to get all the reps he wants because that was part of the deal. He wanted to be a starter, and he's going to be the starting three. So it'll be healthy, and Quincy's just coming back and didn't play at all. Uh, but Solomon Hill, if he is a force at the three, and right now he's an imposing physical presence, and he's a two-way player. And you've got to remember, guys, if anything, the mentality was not a real super strong one in that locker room over the last couple of years. And when you bring in guys like you brought up Langston, who made his way in from the D-League. Each one of the second-round picks, Celtics, Magic, big shots for the Bulls last year. Uh, Solomon Hill, who I've seen him give hard fouls. And, and Terrence Jones, he's not a finesse guy. So I think the mentality and the overall mental toughness of this team will change more than anything else. Their style, they want to get up and down. Uh, but more than anything else, I just think they're going to be a tougher, grittier team and more of a two-way team. And let's face it, it couldn't get any worse at the defensive end. Joel, you said something earlier where, where you talked about Alvin trying to get the, the guys in to kind of play the style he wants to play. And, I, you know, last year with all the, the injuries and, and all that disruption sort of within the, the system there, I don't know if we ever – got to see them play the style that, that Alvin truly wants to play. Um, what, what do you think, you know, that, that ultimate style of play that, that Alvin and the Pelicans are trying to reach is exactly? 24, 25 assists a game every night. Sure. Uh, when I watch the Warriors and I watch other teams that are, are moving it, it's ball and man movement, uh, the assists crop up. So I think mm-hmm. that's one of the more important stats for them is that – they don't need ball-dominant guys, and that may work against Lance Stevenson, as we talked about that. That could work against, when he eventually is healthy, Tyreek Evans, who's mm-hmm. a beast getting to the rim. That herky-jerky style, try to stop him. He is that good. But it's got to be ball movement, man movement. And then you've got good athletes like Anthony Davis, Solomon Hill, his size is a good athlete. Uh, guys that can run and get out will look ahead. Don't walk it up and engage the defense three, four seconds into the shot clock. So uh, I think that's going to be a factor that he's going to, right from the get-go, that he's going to have guys that move it and push it. Uh, and also, the second-round pick, we didn't talk about Buddy, and Buddy's got a good stroke. You, you know, you guys saw Summer League like I saw Summer sure. League in Orlando and Vegas. And sometimes the longest yard is that extra three feet from the college three-point line to the NBA three-point line. And I saw a lot of guys go short. They were off the lip of the rim and barely mm-hmm. got there. But with Buddy Heald in, in Vegas, he was 25, 30 feet away, and he was long. He was strong, hard mm-hmm. off the heel. So Buddy's got the stroke and the mentality. And then this kid they took 
second round pick, Shaq Diallo, mm-hmm. is a natural athlete. He's a young guy that runs. He's a real graceful uh, athlete. And if he lets the game come to him and doesn't try to force much, he'll be a factor as well on the back end of the rotation because right now he can run. He times shots well. He's a good blocker as a secondary defender. Uh, he can do a – and his face-up game is not bad. Jump hook, 8-10 footer. So there's plenty of upside to a, a young guy that's kind of below the radar, Sheck Diallo, who they took 33rd. Mm, interesting. Joel Myers joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Joel, you, you talk about the style of play on the floor that Alvin is trying to implement with that team. I'm wondering, in your estimation, after watching him, what's the greater challenge for him? the style on the floor or the building a culture in that locker room. We talk about AD um, and the talent he is, but there's some leadership qualities that have to come into formation for him in order to be the real leader of that locker room. Is that is that a tougher climb right now than, than getting these guys to play on the floor the way Alvin wants them to? Yeah, it might be. It very well could be because they've not had a core group, a nucleus that's been together a long time. And there aren't 28- and 30-year-old guys that have been six, eight-year vets with this organization. So it's a valid point. Uh, They have to become a team. I I do believe that they're getting closer with these guys they've committed to in the sense that just over the last couple of weeks, they as a group, the staff and a bunch of players, all got on a a plane and and flew up to see Drew and Lauren Holiday in North Carolina and let their teammate know that we're with you. We're thinking about you, and we can't wait for you to get there. So uh, it's working towards that end. You can see little things, but that comes with success, failure, just the overall experiences as a group. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the challenge now. I think that if they get better defensively, they get stops, and they succeed at that end of the floor, that means as much as the offense. When, when they stop people and they get close wins and they win on the road, that has to happen early in the season. They've got a real difficult schedule. Five games of the first eight nights and a back-to-back. Second and third game, Golden State and San Antonio without Drew Holiday. So if there are some early successes where the first eight, ten games, they can just tread water and play 500 balls till Drew eventually comes back, uh, that'll fall into place because they brought in tough guys that didn't – these guys weren't handed anything coming into the league, Langston and Eastwan in particular, and work their way to a really nice role in the league. And they're, they're pros. They know how to play. So, But to your original premise, Seiko, yeah, that is going to be a challenge, that they grow as a group and the trust factor and believability within. Um, Joel, last thing for you, and you kind of mentioned Anthony on the court. Uh, a little bit earlier, you know, last this time a year ago, people were talking about him as an MVP candidate and uh, expecting s- sort of unrealistic things, probably, frankly, out of uh, at the time a 22 year old. Um, what do you think this season, after going through what they went through last year and what he went through last year, what what should we expect from Anthony Davis on the court this season? Well, first of all, hopefully, 80, 82 games would that right. be nice? That's a start. Uh, I think he's found out about his game and about himself. And now, with the security he has, as the, he is the franchise, he's the, the generational talent they were looking for, and he's already shown that he can play inside or outside, uh, just playing more grounded and under control because he's capable of doing anything. 
he is truly uh, that elite level talent that every franchise wants has to have to compete so more than anything else uh, the maturity factor and when I say that let everything come to him and he Tim Duncan was a great leader but he wasn't a very demonstrative guy and the coachability factor which is already there to begin with so uh, his game is there the decision-making needs to improve and at both ends of the floor. But his game is, as we all know, guys, when you see a kid like that step out and look good from the three-point arc and then jump hooks and the athleticism around the rim and the plays he makes, um, it's just the little things, the intangibles that you bring up. But this is year number five. Mm-hmm. So it's no more the redshirt program and now the expectations. I think as a, as a leader, as a mature leader, are different than ever before, and that's staying on the floor and being there for your teammates. No question about it. Joe Myers. Oh, before we let you go, Joe, uh, now that the All-Star game is going to be in New Orleans, what day are you having the cookout? Well, the boil is any night you'd <laughs> like boil. it. Yes, you that's know, right. the, craw- the crawfish boil. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you guys know there are so many places in New Orleans. I'll give you a long <laughs> list. Uh, no, and I'll prioritize to your needs and what your preferences are. Yes, we, we want the unhealthiest menus possible. We want we want to make sure Lang gets carried out of All Star Weekend on a stretcher. So. Yeah, he, he'll have his his fair share of pull boys and, and redfish, and we'll take care of it. There's no issue, oh, no problem like there. A plan. Joe Myers joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. By the way, Joe, when I get my new iPhone Seven, I'm going to make sure I call you. I need you to do my voice message for me. Um, <laughs> your chick first. Best pipes in the business. Your chick first. Hey, anytime you guys need me, you have been so kind. Be with me on Sirius XM on NBA Radio. Oh, anytime. Please. You know it, Joe. Well, I'd much rather talk to you than Jared Greenberg any day, so. <laughs> Boy, that <laughs> was a backhanded compliment, yeah. wasn't it? That was a smack. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe, man. Looking forward Sorry. to the season and uh, always looking forward to your coverage. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Bye. Thank you. The, the Pelicans are going to be an interesting team, Lang, and we didn't expand the conversation to the entire Western Conference, but – there, there are a handful of teams in the West that have, for lack of better words, some, some making up to do. Like they, to me, the Pelicans are one of those teams where the expectations were maybe too much for them last year, right? But this season, they can kind of play spoiler, or they can be that team that kind of sneaks up on people. And I'll be interested to see. It's a great question you asked me about Anthony Davis. I'll be interested to see what kind of chip, you know, on the shoulder he plays with this season because I think he probably feels like he has. Something to prove to a lot of people who were billing him as an MVP candidate and one of the, you know, five best players in the league, and that didn't come to fruition. Yeah. Uh, there's other teams, too, in the West. That I think, you know, we had that question on the NBA.com blog table today about a couple of teams we're interested in. I, there's yeah. teams that I think are just a little bit below, like, that playoff level. Like, a team like Denver, mm-hmm. I think, is a team that, that could be a spoiler team in the West. Um, I don't know if Minnesota's there yet. To be a playoff team, I think they they're might, on the road. Yeah, they're on the path. Yeah, they might be one of those. Maybe we should have playoff contenders, and then we should have spoilers, and then you have the the bottom teams, you know. But I think there's that little strata of of uh, spoiler teams. You in just both had conferences. to bring up the Lakers, huh? I didn't say that. What? <laughs> but no. I would. I definitely would put them in that. Such, that <laughs> they definitely belong in that bottom thing. No, I just um, want to take a dig at our. 
our uh, missing member today. I'm sure once he listens, he'll he'll know that it was all in good faith. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but I, I I did see him last week. We hung out, yeah, in, in New York, and I can't really talk about it, but it was astonishing. <laughs> And it's going to be on TV at some point, and it blew my mind. So that's, and a, that's a word that's often affiliated with one Ulrich Fox. I told him I'm, I'm, I was proud of him. So, so we'll, it'll, I, I can't wait for it to, to be on TV. It'll be great. Yeah, I just hope he uh, comes home with all his limbs, so all his digits and everything in place. Um, you know, it's sneaking up on us, but by this time next week, media days and training camps will will have commenced around the league. Um, uh, we're going to refrain from prognosticating now and save that for the next few weeks here on the Hang Time Podcast. But I'm curious to see the demeanor of, of some of these guys. So many people watch this crazy summer play out and all these different guys change teams and, and relocate themselves via free agency. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see what kind of tone is set in terms of how they talk at media day and, and what their first few days of camp are like. Uh, for I'm guys going, like Dwight Howard and, and well, here in Atlanta, certainly in New York, where you're going to be. Yeah, um, I got to go to the Knicks media day. Yeah. And I, I already got Derrick Rose in trouble once for talking about being a super team. So I'm, I wonder what he'll say. I, I, I The reason I asked Derrick Rose that question about super teams was because I thought about last year's media day when Carmelo – came out and said, we, we shouldn't have expectations through the roof. We should lower our expectations. So I, I wonder what the expectations will be this year. I mean, D-Rose is already clearly going to put his out there. That was before uh, they, everybody saw Chris Dapps Porzingis play, though. Yeah, like Melo was tempering expectations before true. The, the Porzingis takeover. So now, so now, they're, now they're strapped with these expectations. Well, and I think also just bringing in Noah and Rose just kind of s- sets a higher – expectation conference uh, finals or bust that's a, well, the problem in new york is the fans here think it's either <laughs> this is a title team i was on a knicks podcast before the season last year and they asked me if the knicks had a chance to be in the finals no i was like yeah the new york mean, state class a finals <laughs> don't you mean playoffs like, Come on. Like, uh, it's foolishness foolishness um should be interesting like i said we're gearing up around here for the start of the 2016-17 NBA season here on the Hangtime Podcast. I'm going to go home and uh, drink some tea and honey and lemon so I can get some Joel Myers pipes. But I'm going to um, I'm going to quit this and go start playing some more 2K17. No, you're not. No, but you're not. Uh, because the w, listen, WNBA playoffs, baby, are cranking up. You don't have any reason to play video games when we got the WNBA playoffs kicking up. Did you, did you not watch Game Time Tuesday night and see me with Sue I Bird? And, I saw you and Sue and, Bird and Brianna and Stewart. I saw you. You were the shortest person on the set. Uh, see, I was, <laughs> was going to put a comment about that. Sue on, Bird and I are the same height. No, she towered bu- over you. No, she's... <laughs> <laughs> on the photo I saw. No, I mean, that like, was Photoshop. Looked like she was standing on a chair next no, to you. No, that had to be Photoshop. We're, we are eye to eye. We're standing next to each other. I, I made a point to measure and make sure I was the same height as Sue Bird. She looked like you standing next to Greg Wigan. <laughs> well, that, that would require some serious Photoshop because that man's a hobbit. And, <laughs> and everybody knows it. Um, But... I don't know, Lang, if you know about – you maybe heard about it on, on Game Time, the uh, the change in format for yeah. the WNBA playoffs. Um, our, our good friend Christian Ledlow, who uh, one Twitter user suggested we replace Rick Fox on the podcast with Christian, which 
I don't know about I don't know if we got a show of hands who all is for that. Um, I think everybody's hand just went up. Um, <laughs> but she she's got a nice breakdown of this new format. That's interesting. Uh, single elimination and buys, you know, all the way to basically the semifinal round for the top seed. So let's give a listen to this this breakdown of the WNBA playoff format in its new incarnation. We're being treated to a new era of the WNBA. As you might have heard, the WNBA playoff format will be very different this season. Oh, you're kidding! In the past, the top four teams in both the Eastern and Western conferences would compete for a conference title, and the two conference champs would then battle it out for the WNBA championship. What's changed this year? What's going on? Well, for one, conference affiliation no longer matters. The eight teams with the best winning percentage, regardless of conference, qualify for the playoffs and are seeded based on their records. In the past, there were three playoff rounds. Now, there are four. And winning in the regular season definitely has its perks, as the top two seeds in the playoffs get a bye to the third round, or the semifinals. The third and fourth seeds receive a bye to the second round. So the first round is a battle for survival for seeds five through eight. Here's another new wrinkle. The first and second rounds are single elimination, winner take all. Do or die to stay in the playoff race. And after each round, the teams are reseeded before the next matchups are set. Lastly, the semifinals and the championship series are both a best of five format. So there you have it. As the WNBA celebrates its 20th anniversary, it's a brand new playoff look. Tighten your seatbelt. We are in for a wild ride. I've got no clue what's going to happen. So single elimination language, which to me is yeah. the biggest part of that. Um, and, and everybody was talking about it last night, asking, do you think this would ever fly in the NBA? I have a hard time seeing how you could change the NBA playoff format to something like that and everybody be cool with it. It's just... I agree. I, I don't. I, think, I, I don't see that working in the NBA. I just can't see if you told the owners, "Hey, um, we're going to take these seven games of revenue you're having, and we're, we're going to make it one." Exactly. <laughs> the toothpaste is out of the tube, as they say. <laughs> I, I don't think that's. I don't think you're going to talk them out of that. I, but I have heard people in the past float the idea of like a single elimination tournament, like over All Star, yeah, or something like that. Um, and I, I think that would be kind of interesting. Uh, it, it's hard. I, I think the NCAA tournament, that's what makes it so great is it's one and done. And, you know, a team gets hot at the right time. Right. They win the thing. So I, I think that from that standpoint, that's what makes it exciting and fun to watch. Um, the one and, part about it I like is the idea of doing away with the conferences. And now that mm-hmm. to me would be interesting. You know, you get a first round matchup, Golden State against, you know, um, Boston, you know, like a, a cross country, which I know for travel purposes would be right. chaotic, but for pure entertainment value for the fans to see those sorts of matchups and maybe on in those years when the best two teams are in the East and they somehow find a way to play for a championship, that that would be a wrinkle that I that I would be worth risking. Um, yeah. I, I do think, you know, if you look back at the history of the league and if you had that format for, say, the last 30 years, there would be a lot different championship order that went down the league because you don't know how these teams would fare against somebody from another conference in a playoff right. situation. I mean, it could have been, it could make for much more interesting drama come NBA playoff time, which is hard to top what we already have, obviously. Um, yeah. But just something interesting. Uh, so like I said, when, while you're contemplating 
how many hours you're going to spend on on 2K17. Um, maybe you watch <laughs> a little bit of these WNBA playoffs. I have some beef with 2K17 also. That we, Why? I, 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 well, first of all, you and I, are, I, I believe you're in the game also. Again, I, I've already gotten a couple of tweets and Instagram messages from people who <laughs> I criticized in the game. <laughs> but not really, but but my alter ego fake criticized them in the fake game. Fake they weren't happy about it. But that being said, with video games, I'm, I I don't really usually do the, the season mode. I don't play as a team for a season. I'm a, a serial career mode player in these games. So I mm-hmm. like to play, like in Madden, you know, you create a player and you have a career. Uh, in the uh, baseball, you can create a player and play through the minors all the way up to the majors in the RBI baseball or MLB. So in uh, in 2K, they have the my career mode where you create a guy. So uh, I go in there last week to create a to create me. That was and, your first uh, mistake. Should you give yourself so, an alter ego? Well, it says enter your first name. So I said <laughs> Lang. And uh, it's sort of like, you know, when you're a kid, you probably had the same experience as I did. When you go to like the the mall or the amusement park and they sell those like license plates with names on them. You can't ever find your name. Right. They never had a, they never had a Lang. They probably yeah. never had a Seiku either. Seiku was but, hard to come by. So in the game, they have some names that are already in the game, and, mm. and the announcers can say those words because they're pre-programmed. Lang was not one of the names that was pre-programmed in the game. Langston was, however, because of Langston Galloway. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll use Langston just so the guy can say it. And right. Kevin Harlan can say it in the game. Then it says last name. I type in Whitaker, hit enter, and it says – this name, this word is not allowed due to inappropriate language. <laughs> I agree. What's the problem? I agree with it. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah. What's, what's, what's wrong with that? Oh, inappropriate language. Huh. Yeah, well. So, uh, Apparently you so, on a basketball court, a Whitaker so on a basketball court <laughs> is inappropriate language. <laughs> so instead, I'm uh, about three weeks into my career as Langston Marbury in the uh, – <laughs> <laughs> As the backup point guard for the Utah Jazz, actually, nice. I got drafted by the Jazz. Nice. Um, well, we'll have to. We we got some friends at at two K. We'll uh, we'll have to see if we can to uh, you know get one of them on the podcast here to give us some. At explanations. the very least, at the very least, considering um, what we get paid for being in the game and for, uh, <laughs> for the visit we made last year to the studios, I think they should take all the the names of the journalists that are in that game or or on Twitter in the game. And have those available as names for people to choose to play with. Yeah, well, we, like I said, we let's let's let the the big wigs around gonna, here dial up some people at two K and see if we can't get them on the show to to give us. I'm, I'm not going to stand for this. <laughs> Whitaker is inappropriate on a basketball court. That's all. I think that's all I need to know. S M H. Joe Myers, appreciate him. The voice. Uh, play-by-play voice, of course, of the New Orleans Pelicans. Came on the Hangtime Podcast this week to break down some Pelicans information, kind of give us a, a sneak peek preview of training camp even uh, for what they have going on. Appreciate his time and his voice as always. And uh, we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Later. Later. 